You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler here, just as he always is, pushing all the buttons, making sure we're on air. Call in line open, 757-687-9494. Who's ready for their close-up? Jordan Love? The Jets are optimistic, according to Diana Rossini of ESPN, that they can make it work with Aaron Rodgers. They left that meeting out there in California thinking, we're in good shape. And it's funny, right? The funny part is we're all focused on Aaron Rodgers. We're focused on can the Jets. We're focused on what what are the Packers uh, and, and what's their relationship with Aaron Rodgers like? Oh, he's following Favre. What we fail to recognize is that if Aaron Rodgers leaves, there's an opening at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers, I mean, they they the name of the trophy at the Super Bowl is Vince Lombardi because of this, the championships won with the Green Bay Packers. They've gone straight from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. So next to the stage, right? I feel like I'm... I'm uh, MC at karaoke next to the stage next to or, uh, uh, the host at a comedy show next to the stage uh, Jordan Love put your hands together for Jordan Love here's Adam Schefter on NFL Live what I think is looking more and more clear is him playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers in 2023 looks increasingly unlikely hmm. Jordan Love's Jordan Love looks more and more like he's going to be playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers no matter what Aaron Rodgers decides. It seems to be and feels like it's moving in that direction. So there's the question. How well will Jordan Love do? Hasn't played football, like, outside of practice. Obviously, he's, like, put pads on. But hasn't played any real meaningful games as the starting quarterback since what Utah State? I know he he got a start with the Packers when when Aaron Rodgers was hurt. But how well do you expect Jordan Love to do? He's going to step in with a running game. They're going to have uh, Aaron Jones. They're going to have AJ Dillon. They have a decent little little offensive line. Not many receivers, but Christian Watson is nice. Romeo Dobbs is intriguing, and whatever they add this off season, and whatever they bring back in a trade for Aaron Rodgers, again we're assuming that it's happening. Are you excited to see the Jordan Love era? 757-687-9494. That's the call-in line. Jordan Love has been a pro's pro throughout the entire Aaron Rodgers situation, which is more than I think you could expect of many. I mean, think of the era we're in. Think of the era we're in. The transfer portal. Player empowerment, super teams, trade demands, everything that anyone over the age of like 35 absolutely hates. That's what's going on right now. Jordan Love could have demanded a trade the moment Aaron Rodgers won his first MVP. Meaning first, while Jordan Love was there, his third overall. Right? He could have demanded a trade going into last season. He could have demanded a trade a few times, but he didn't. He worked hard. He grinded. That's a pro's pro move, right? That, that's what you want. He waited. He bided his time. 
He competed. He tried to stay ready. The world keeps pointing out that Rodgers is directly following Brett Favre's path. Oh, from Green Bay, multiple-time MVP, one-time Super Bowl champ. Now he's going to go to the New York Jets. Uh, I would expect him to be with the Vikings the next season. Yuck, 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 yuck. But Love is also directly following Rodgers' path, and that is a good path. Think about it like this. Aaron Rodgers was drafted 24th overall. Jordan Love was drafted 26th. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years on the bench behind a Hall of Famer. Jordan Love sat for three years on the bench behind a Hall of Famer. Neither made a stink at all. Do you remember? I don't even know if people remember this. It was like viral before viral was a thing. That's how long Aaron Rodgers has been playing. He used to photobomb the pictures of the captains. You can Google it. It's kind of, kind of, it was his thing. The captains would all, you know, get ready to walk out for the coin toss. And Aaron Rodgers would pop his head up behind them every time they took that picture. It, that's what he was doing the first three years of his career. Jordan Love, you haven't really heard much from him. How about this? Mike McCarthy was a young offensive-minded head coach going into year three uh, uh, as being the head coach of the Packers when Rodgers took over. LaFleur, young offensive-minded head coach going into year four. So not three, but year four when, when Love is looking to take over. Jordan Love was not good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL when he was drafted. He was a project. Right, he was the guy that was being drafted on arm talent. He was he was the guy who wasn't a hundred percent certain that he would uh, be ready soon. But we have no idea if he is still that quarterback or not. I'm not nine passes in whatever game that was when Christian Watson took a nine yard pass, fifty yards for a touchdown. I'm not putting any any stock, yes or no, in that. We have no idea if Jordan Love is better or worse than we last saw him. It's, the NFL doesn't have a minor league, right? Where we could say like, well, he's been progressing. He started off in single A. Uh, at the end of his rookie year, they brought him up to double A, and he spent most of last year at triple A, and he's been hitting 320, so I think he's ready for the bigs. We don't have any of that. He was drafted as a project and just was – the only time we saw him was mop-up time, one start, couple of throws in a game last year, and preseason. Preseason doesn't matter anything to me. We don't know if he's right now like a double-A player getting called up to the bigs, triple-A player getting called up to the bigs. We don't know if he's the guy that's been on, uh, you know, they, they brought up to the bigs last year just because they wanted to get him a couple spot starts, defensive replacement late in the game. We don't know any of that. All we know is it finally feels like the Packers are ready to let Aaron Rodgers go. Now, what does that say about Jordan Love? One of two things. One, he's finally given them the, the A-OK with his play, right? He's practicing well enough, handling himself well enough, showing well enough that they're like, all right, now we can let Rodgers go and it wouldn't be a catastrophe. Or, right, the other one is less complimentary of Jordan Love, which would be, we used a first-round pick on this guy. We're not going to get through four seasons and never see him play. So I don't care if he's ready or not. Throw him out there, deep end, see if he swims. And if we have to sacrifice two years of Aaron Rodgers' twilight, we'll do it. Hopefully he's a gamer. Which might, again, he might be. He might be a guy that is like, in practice, we weren't sure. Uh, gamer. Maybe. All I know is, 
he made there, there's there's one throw on his highlight film. I don't even know who he's against, but I was I was I was basically googling like Jordan Love highlights. He's rolling to his left, flips his hips, throws all arm. It's actually not even caught by the receiver. Receiver was doing the Tony toe tap, right? Just keeping his toes inbounds in the end zone. Ball was probably a yard or two outside the line, but it was, I mean, the receiver's leaning, so he could have caught it. It looked a lot like Aaron Rodgers. Now that's one throw. I'm not putting stock in nine throws last year, preseason. I'm not going to put too much in one throw, but if he's learned and he has the physical ability to do some things that Aaron Rodgers did, the Packers might be able to one-up their their little, uh, I mean, they and the Colts are the, the, the masters, right? The Colts went straight from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Packers went straight from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. That's how you handle the transition. If they go to a third, then then I, I don't even think it has anything to do with Favre, Rodgers, and, and Love. If they go to a third and he's another longtime starter, then I think there's something about the position that makes the players rather than the player stepping in and being ready. It's like if you well if you become the starting quarterback of the Packers, you're just going to be a 15 year starter with with a couple MVPs. What do you think? Again, I want to hear you call in 757-687-9494. Lost in all of this about the the Rodgers to the Jets situation is that Jordan Love might have to step in and uh and make something happen as well. And when I say might, if if Rodgers leaves, he's going to have to step in and make something happen. 757-687-9494. Dreamlawn's text line, same number, 757-687-9494. Already have the text streaming in. Robbie, what do we have? From Greg and Gloucester, if Jordan Love takes the helm for the Packers, they will finish last in the division. Okay, last in the division. We have to run worse than the Bears? Then you are you are anticipating a very, very, very good offseason for the Bears. Uh, Lions, everybody loves the Lions. I'm not going to hate on him because I said I wouldn't. And Vikings, yeah, okay. I mean, let's not pretend. If, if he was taking over the, the Packers last season, coming off three straight 13-win seasons, that'd be one thing. He's taken over a non-playoff team, right? They, they don't have like a like a Super Bowl roster locked, loaded, ready to go. Uh, you know, picking them to finish below the Bears would be pretty bold, but I don't think the other two are even that crazy. Tim from the 757, do the Packers have to eat the dead cap money if they trade Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I don't know the exact details on how much would carry over. I believe a lot of the signing bonus dead cap stays on the original team, but but don't quote me on that. I know that to trade for him, you need the $60 million in cap space. You can renegotiate a day after you sign him and bring that number down, but just to make the trade and 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 – to make that like possible under league rules, you need to have the cap space. So uh, whoever he goes, the Jets would probably have to do some maneuvering leading up to. I did see they're moving on from Braxton Berrios, uh, which is going to save him $5 million. That could be one of the moves setting it up. Um, but I don't know how much the Packers would have to eat. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, one more. From Larry and Hampton, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is ridiculous. Mortgaging the future of the franchise is doing nothing but setting the Jets back. Depends what you have to trade for him. There's some reports out there it wouldn't even take a first. Now, the Packers are, of course, saying they want a first and maybe even another pick if he stays around the next year. So it'd be like, give us a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers, and if he plays more than one season for you, then it's a first and a third, something like that. Um, that's not like 
the future future. It's not like you have to trade five first-round picks for him. Um, and if it doesn't have to be a first, if it could be a second, that's borderline not even impacting the future. And by the way, how much do you think like Robert Sala cares about the future? If, if they don't make the playoffs this year, there's a decent chance Robert Sala is not going to be around. You, you really think he's like, well, I really want to set up whoever replaces me to have all the, the tools for success. Or does he want to say, no, I'm going to use all the tools needed to keep my job. Again, call Lynn. Jordan Love era possibly could begin as soon as any minute. Like if that trade is announced, the, the Rodgers Jets agreed upon, uh, Rodgers to the Jets is agreed upon, Jordan Love era in Green Bay could start right that very moment. Are you excited to see Jordan Love? 757 in one of the premier, like, it's like Cowboys quarterback, Packers quarterback, shortstop for the Yankees, right? Lakers leading scorer. Like there's a couple sports positions that are very, very high profile. Jordan Love, are you excited to see him take one of those? 757-687-9494. And how well will he do once he does? 757-687-9494. That and also... An all-time great player slipped on a wet spot and rolled his ankle. This is why you can't script sports. I don't. You can't script it. Coming up next, we're talking about the NBA right now on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Tim Donnelly Show Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Show is presented by Larry King Law. I'm Tim Donnelly, and here we go. <laughs> There's only a few ways to to bring this up. One of the best athletes on the planet slipped. That's what you need to bank on, right? When you trade four first-round picks, a bunch of good players for one player, you should probably be like, yeah, but what if he uh, is running to the bucket and forgets to put his foot down normally during warm-ups? We'll talk about it in a second. Kevin Durant hurt. But first, let's go to the call-in line. Uh, we asked if you're excited about the Jordan Love era possibly getting started in Green Bay. It's kind of the forgotten part of all of this. Aaron Rodgers, darkness retreat. Aaron Rodgers, holding the team hostage. Aaron Rodgers, should he go to the Jets? Should the Jets go get him? Raiders, what about them? Lurking in all of this is, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, we finally get to see what Jordan Love is. He was a first-round pick three and a half years ago. Haven't seen really anything. Are you excited about the Jordan Love era? Joseph in Virginia Beach has a reaction. You can call in as well, 757-687-9494. Joseph, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Hey, Tim. Love the show. Thank you. So um, I'm a Green Bay fan, obviously, and I'm looking at the future. and not, not, not so much Jordan Love, but the aspects of if we had retained Aaron Rodgers, just from a business standpoint, it is unlikely for us to retain Alexander on defense. And we have already seen the repercussions currently with our star running back having to make some contract changes just to stay on the team. So getting rid of Rodgers financially makes sense. For the future makes sense for hopefully Jordan Love, and if that doesn't work out, it's still close enough to maybe look at elsewhere. Um, but just looking at the young receivers, young quarterback, I'm pretty sure it all just makes sense for chemistry reasons for them to gel together rather than some aging quarterback. No disrespect to Rodgers. Um, but just looking for, just looking ahead at what Jordan Love could potentially be, I'm thinking physically anyway, he looks more like a Dak Prescott, Colin Kaepernick type. It's just a matter of how much he's going to turn it over and how fast he develops. All right. Appreciate the call. Very, very well detailed. Um, the the finances actually become very interesting. I hear you on – if you're paying Rodgers $60 million or whatever it is against the cap, it's going to be difficult to put an elite team around him. And you, you would think, hey, Jordan Love shows up. 
We can put more around him. But guess what? Because you waited so long to play Jordan Love, you're not going to benefit from that rookie contract. If he plays well this year, which is a big if, right? And and there's there's many people out there that that are going to be reluctant, right? He was a project when he when he came into the league. Some didn't see him as a first round pick at all. Um, but the 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 funny part is if he plays solid this year, guess who's coming with his handout this offseason, right? It, it's not like most players where they they you know kind of introduce themselves their rookie year or maybe their second year, and if they play play really well, you go all right, well, do it again next year. You're still on your rookie contract. If he plays well, you have to pay him, and then you're right back in the same spot. Now, will it be as much? No, I, he's. It'd be pretty bold of him to say, "I played good one year. I've played well one year." Uh, you're gonna have to pay me the same that you paid your your four time MVP, but. The other thing about quarterbacks is it's kind of go, no go. If it's go, you're getting $40 million. He only has to be as good as Daniel Jones. He gets $40 million a year. So uh, I don't know if there's a ton of uh, opportunity for the Packers to to squeak by with less or, or to squeak by with more uh, while paying Jordan Love less. Again, that call in number 757-687-9494. Kevin Durant is is one of the greatest basketball players to ever live. I say that casually. I, I like. I don't think there's going to be much blowback. One of, not the one of. But I guess he hasn't fully gotten the nets off him yet, right? He's still got a little bit of that that bad juju from from the Brooklyn Nets lingering on him. hasn't hasn't been able to completely shake it. Slipped on a wet spot during warmups, pregame before what was supposed to be his first home game with the Suns against the Thunder. Left the arena on a walking boot, sprained ankle, MRI on the way, all those sorts of things. Monty Williams, his head coach, uh, was talking to ESPN, just basically sad. He's out there working his tail off, getting ready for the game, and he twists his ankle. So, I mean, you can't get frustrated about that. It's just, it's life. You know what I'm saying? I feel bad for him because he feels bad. He feels like, you know, I saw his face and I've, I've been around him so many times. I, I know what he's feeling and I don't want him feeling that way at all. And it gets worse. Arizona Central, uh, a local news organization, the Arizona Republic, they're the same, uh, out there in Phoenix, is reporting that Durant could miss the rest of the regular season. If he misses anything close to the rest of the regular season, it is a catastrophe for the Suns. And I feel like you have to say it like that. Catastrophe. Has to be dramatic. The Suns traded four unprotected first-round picks. Mikhail Bridges, who's been balling for Brooklyn. Uh, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder for Durant. That is a ton. Now, I understand they didn't trade you know all of that for Durant's... Like It wasn't like a one-year rental, right? They have him under contract moving forward. But a lot of that was trading him for this year. The West is very gettable right now. Very gettable. Meaning that the the other teams in the Western Conference don't scare me. At all. There's like six games between the fourth seed and the 13th seed in the West. Not because, oh, it's so strong, because ah, it's kind of, they're all equally as eh. At the top, there's teams like Denver, who I've never been afraid of. Memphis has their issues. The Suns only have six players under contract for next season. Two of them are Landry Shamet and Campaign. I'm not 
disrespecting them, but I'm saying those aren't like, hey, Landry Shamet's coming back. We got a chance to win. Another of the six they have under contract next year, Chris Paul. He's going to be 38. And Durant, who will be 35 and is becoming more and more injury prone. If he doesn't come back with time for this team to get it going and have the chemistry and all those sorts of things prior to the playoffs, catastrophe. And and right, the, one of the biggest trades in NBA history, uh, one of the teams with the highest expectations of the season could see it all fall apart because he slipped on a wet spot in pregame and rolled his ankle. One of the best athletes we've ever seen. Right, this guy. It's not like he's some, some seven footers. You know, they they trip walk into the refrigerator. He's he's athletic. He can move. He has hand eye coordination. Slipped in warm ups. Might miss the rest of the regular season. Brutal. Brutal. Tim Donnelly Show Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Uh, earlier today we were talking about. Or earlier today it was like. Seven minutes ago, we were talking about uh, Jordan Love, right? The, the the lost portion of the Aaron Rodgers story. Maybe because Aaron Rodgers is so fascinating, right? He, he's so interesting. His mind works in different ways. He's doing darkness retreats. What would that be like in New York City if he gets traded to the Jets? We haven't had time to think about, well, if he leaves, Jordan Love has to step in. And suddenly Jordan Love is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. We have Paul in Virginia Beach has a reaction to that thought. Uh, again, the call-in number is 757-687-9494. Paul, thanks for calling in. What's your take on the, the Rogers love packers love triangle? Well, how you doing? I am going to love – well, I would love to see Green Bay and the Jets get this deal done. I want to see what Jordan Love has, what he does uh, uh, to the rest of this division. Me being a, a Bears fan, I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers out of division and in New York stinking up the place. So, wait wait a second. If you're a Bears fan and you think he's going to stink up the place, wouldn't you want to keep him on the, the Packers? No, 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 no. I, just, I don't want him in a division because if he's in our division and he's playing the Bears, look, look, let's just face it, the dude has an amazing <laughs> record against the Bears. So, all right, so... <laughs> They, and there was an ownership him. comment somewhere in there, right? That that people seem to remember. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no <laughs> recollection of it. Uh, I'm not owning up to that at all. I'm just going to be happy to see. Well, uh, it's wishful thinking, but I'm gonna be happy to see um, Aaron Rodgers in New York and Jordan Love throwing the ball all over the place to Bears defensive backs. All right. Appreciate the call. Call back in any time. 757-687-9494. That is, I, 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 I do not recall, is such a f- fantastic answer there. Um, if I'm the Bears, I think I want the, the Packers to be like stupid loyal to Rodgers. Right? I want them paying him $60 million a year until well beyond his prime. You suffered through the Rodgers good years, right? Where then, Or actually, you suffered through the Rodgers great years then the good years then the great years then a good year enjoy some bad years right like you you didn't hear the spurs complaining that the lakers paid kobe 25 million dollars a year at the end when he couldn't stay healthy they were going <laughs> right nobody was like hey you know what's really a, a bummer for boston red sox fans 
that Jeter can't really get in the gap anymore, but they're still paying him a ton and rolling him out there every day. They were going, no, let's, let's hit him in the gap. He can't really get there anymore, right? If if the bad years Rodgers has at the end where he's trying to hold on and he's falling off a cliff, go play for the, the Jets. Bears fans don't even get to enjoy it. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Uh, any other uh, expectations for Jordan Love are welcomed on the call-in line, 757 687 Nine four nine four. That's also the Dream Lawns text line seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. Top dog or total dud? We play a little game of yes, no, up, down. Coming up next, Captain Double Check. It's top dog or total dud. That man, top dog, big cheese, a head on show. That's not good enough. On the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. That's right, top dog or total dud, TD or TD on the TD show. Robbie throws everything he can at me. I tell him whether it's top dog or total dud. Tim, Lamar Jackson will not be playing for the Ravens this upcoming season. Top dog. <laughs> uh, I should have I, I clarified. I, I don't see how you can go back. And I know like Adam Schefter is throwing out all these stats and no one on the non-exclusive has ever... There's never been a situation like this. They've they, Quarterback to, to coach, quarterback to team, it's all about loyalty. It's different than every other position. I don't see how you just put the toothpaste back in the tube on this one. Um, even if they like they match the big contract, it would have to be huge. It would have to like someone would have to sign an offer sheet that is ridiculous, and then Baltimore matches it to make to make Lamar feel feel okay. I just I just can't see how how it ends. Tim, Jordan Love will be the week one starter for the Green Bay Packers. Top dog. Um, the more and more these little leaks come out about more and more people feeling confident that the Jets and, and Rodgers are kind of on a crash course for each other, um, the more and more I think it's going to happen. And, and I don't believe there's any chance anyone other than Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love is the day one starter for the Packers. I, I just... I don't see it happening. If, he, if Aaron Rodgers sticks around, he he could obviously be the starter. And if he moves on, whether it's retirement or by way of trade, then Jordan Love is the guy. And I'm leaning more and more towards the trade happening, which means more and more towards Jordan Love being the guy. Tim, we didn't have to wait long for a hole-in-one on hole 17 during the players this Island morning. Green. So, Tim, there will be another hole-in-one <laughs> at the players hole 17 this weekend. Um yeah, I, th- I think there might be another one today. The, the pin pl- placement seems okay. For those of you that don't know it, the players, there's an island green. It gets everyone really excited. It's really a kind of a simple nine iron shot, but when you put it on an island and, you know, if you miss by 15 yards, it's it's going to be in the water. Everybody gets real back tight. Um, yeah, so I think that, I, I mean, I'm not going to pick against a hole in one. We think <laughs> I am a, a party pooper. Uh, yes, top dog. Tom Brady will return for another season in the NFL. Total dud. This is gut. This is gut feeling. I just, I think he's actually done this time. He could, which is why we're never going to get over those conversations. I need him to put on like 35 bad pounds. I need him to put on like 35 pounds, mostly of Twinkies and booze, because then maybe finally everybody will, will believe that he's retired. But as long as he stays in shape, right? He's out there like skiing with his son on social media. As long as he stays in shape, he's, like, he's one of the 32 best starting quarterbacks in the NFL, so teams would be interested. Tim, Giannis and Tinacupo should win the NBA MVP this season. Total dud. 
You know how many people before Joel Embiid this year have averaged 33 points and 10 rebounds? Four. And trust me, they're all the names you know. They're the, the He's factually playing the best individually this season. I love what he said. Uh, and by the way, I'm a Sixers fan, so you can take this with a grain of salt if you want, but I like to think I'm pretty objective. Uh, he said, uh, uh, MVPs, defensive players of the year, all I'm going to be is the best player on the floor. That's that's what that's what it is. He's the best player on the floor, no matter who you put out there with him. He's the MVP. The Suns cannot win an NBA championship without Kevin Durant. Top dog. <laughs> they cannot. They They, I mean... He's the best player on the Suns. I know Devin Booker is good. I know Chris Paul has his his champions. Not championships, like meaning people that champion him. Uh, but Kevin Durant's the best player. And and there's not a team out there that you can take their best player off of the team and they're still like, yeah, I don't think they're going to win a championship. It just it doesn't happen in the NBA. You take Giannis off the Bucks. You take Tatum off the Celtics. You take Curry off the Warriors. They, they I mean, maybe even with Curry on the Warriors. Uh you take Joel Embiid off the Sixers. You take Jokic off the Nuggets. You take off the off the best player. They're just they're not the same team, and that's applicable for the Suns as well. Tim, the NCAA tournament kicks off next week, so I ask you, or I tell you, a number one seed or a number two seed will lose in the first round. See, this one is tough, not because it's like oh this team's going to be a number one, because like I'm. I do. I fill out brackets, and I know that the overwhelming odds are the ones and two seeds are going to make it. Like a 15 over a two doesn't happen often, and a 16 over a one happens darn near never. So picking that is objectively a bad pick. But also, I'm a fan of chaos. And if you, like if you're not somebody going into the going into March Madness bracket season, going like I hope there's a true Cinderella, then you're kind of a loser. I don't want to be a loser, and I don't want to be wrong. I'm between a loser and a wrong, right? Rock in a hard place. Uh, so I'll say, to, 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 um, I forget how you phrased it. Is top dog uh, a 15 or a 16 will win? Correct. Top dog. I'd, I'd rather be wrong than a loser. And Tim, one last one for you. The Saints and Derek Carr will make it to a Super Bowl at least once during his current contract. Total dud. It's, I mean... Again, it's just numbers. Like it's, it is difficult to make a Super Bowl. Um, there are a lot of very, very good teams that never get there. It's and unless you are like super duper proven. Like I, I would pick the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes to make it to a Super Bowl. Like there's, there's a world where you know you don't pick Justin Herbert to make a Super Bowl. He has a much longer ramp and he's a much better quarterback than than Derek Carr. Um, so it's just that's just a numbers thing. That's not me saying, oh, what a bad fit. That's me saying older quarterback, three, four years of, of good play left at best. Chances are any any team you take a three, four-year period, they're not going to make the Super Bowl. There you go. Top dog or total dud coming to a close. Uh, coming to a start, our conversation with Bill Mullis coming up after the break. He is the owner of Langley Speedway. They have a wild and crazy event coming up March 18th. Uh, called Day of Destruction. We are going to talk to him about it as well as everything else going on over there at Langley uh, and and some NASCAR talk as well. Bill Mullis joining the show next. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Joining us on the phone lines now, Bill Mullis, the owner of Langley Speedway. Check him out online, langley-speedway.com. Follow him on Twitter at Langley Speedway. 
Uh, Bill, thank you for taking the time. I, I'm going to start with, uh, I was looking at your your uh, your events coming up. Obviously, the season's getting started at, at Langley. Uh, next Saturday, the 18th, the Spring Day of Destruction presented by ATI. I mean, Day of Destruction, that just that just sounds like something I need to know more about. What, what does that entail? Oh, that is a lot of fun. That's really our big demolition derby. And uh, there's a variety of things we do. We have a flagpole race where cars have to go around a flagpole on the front and back stretch. And it's quite interesting. Of course, you know, some bent fenders and we have a bag race where uh, the driver puts a bag over his head and somebody's in the passenger seat and tells him, go left, <laughs> go right. And uh, we, we have a chain race where the front car has the engine and the back car has the brakes and they're chained together. And, uh, and some interesting stuff. And we'll have a big enduro race where sometimes we've started at least uh, 60 cars out there in this 50-lap race where they wreck out. And, of course, we've got soap on the track and water and uh, a lot of slippery stuff out there. And the cars are all over the place. And if they wreck, uh, we'll just get the driver out of the car and leave the car right where it sets. So it's pretty interesting stuff. And that's it's one of the most popular things that happens at Langley this day of destruction. It's a lot of fun. I have to admit, I didn't know what I was expecting when I asked what the day of destruction was, but there was four or five things there that I don't think if you gave me a hundred guesses, I would have uh, gotten to. Uh, let me let me ask you this: if if you're getting involved in the the bag race, would would, would you like to be the guy that can see, or the guy that is just talking and has no control over the uh, over the car? I forgot which one I was. I did the bag race, and I, <laughs> I don't know whether as a guy telling it, it was me and Denver Alvis. I, I remember it, and and we got a car, and I forget who had the bag, but we ended up down in the ditch down in turn four, and uh, so it, it didn't turn out real good. And both of us had raced at Langley, so we figured we could get around there, but it's hard when you say turn left just a little bit. You don't know how much that is, and it's it was so much fun. You know, we we still laugh about it every time we think about it. I, I can see why some of those memories might be might be blocked. Uh, we're talking with Bill Mullis, owner of Langley Speedway. Uh, I can talk about the day of destruction, which is coming up March 18th at Langley uh, kind of all day. But but what are some of the other highlights on the schedule? Obviously, uh, you, you have a ton of different events. There's Wacky Wednesdays, all, all of the, the, the races. What, what are some of the highlights on the schedule coming up for the season at Langley? Well, we've got some really big stuff. I mean, drifting is happening out there now. You know, we've got a drift club at Langley. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been really popular. And uh, just in the last year or so, that thing has really taken off. So we've got some drift events. And we've got uh, a Cars Tour race, which is huge this year, coming up real soon. You know, the Cars Tour has been um, purchased by Kevin Harvick and, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. and the guys. And uh, so that's going to be pretty interesting. And uh, we've got, of course, Connor Hall, one of our local what I call young superstar drivers is in the cars tour now. And then Butterbean Queen, our, our past champion will also be in cars tour this year. So I'm looking for our local guys to do very well in the cars tour. Some of our guys that have moved, you know, out of our weekly racing and uh fourth of July is always great at Langley. I think Chuck Hall's got a big fireworks show up his sleeve this year. And, uh, then we have Hampton Heat, which is part of Virginia Triple mm-hmm. Crown, where South, South Boston, Langley, and Martinsville Speedway have this three-race deal, and then it ends up at Martinsville's big big Valley Star race at the end of the year, which is a lot of fun to 
to see what goes on in the three events. And uh, we have a NASCAR modified tour race that Bobby Labonte will be there driving in a car. And I'm also working on another another ex-cup driver to, to be in that event. And some special people will be involved in that. And then the Sean Beluzzo Memorial Race, the big modified race at the end of the year. So we've got a kind of a really stacked card at Langley of, of different things. Each month is something to look forward to coming up pretty soon, you know. So, and then our uh, to me, what what's the greatest thing is our absolute regular Saturday night race, and what I call just a a standard Saturday night at Langley Speedway can be pretty exciting. And you can check out that entire uh, event list at langley-speedway.com and be sure to follow them on Twitter at Langley Speedway as well. Uh, you brought up Butterbean Queen. Uh, I, I saw some articles uh, claiming that, that Brendan Queen's 2022 was the single greatest season by a Langley Speedway driver. Now, now we've talked uh, off-air off and on-air previously, and one of my favorite things is to just have you run through all of the legends and all of the the greats of driver history that have raced at Langley was was Queen really that good last year to to kind of outshine any single season of any of those guys previously well I I don't know I mean there's so much history there it's hard to go back particularly Mm -hmm. if you didn't witness it okay so uh but with Queen I'll tell you one thing that I think made that he didn't just win the championship at Langley he also won the championship at Dixieland Motor Speedway down there near Elizabeth City, North Carolina, on dirt in a dirt late model, which is uh, I was actually in a few races with him, and and saw the saw him you know out there how good he was. I I do some racing on the side, even though I'm an old man with the Hubbards, <laughs> and uh, they raced down there, and we'd go down there, and Butterbean was uh, on the pole and and led races and won races down there in a dirt late model. Anybody that can win in a dirt late model on Friday night and then go and win at Langley Speedway in an asphalt car on the next night, that is a pretty diverse range of driving talent because a dirt late model to me is about the most difficult thing in the world to drive. And uh, so I think it was a big accomplishment, you know, for this era of time. And, and of course, he's got Phil Warren, you know, who's famous and, and a fantastic guy and a lot of knowledge as a crew chief. And, and they've all done a great job. So... I think, you know, if, if Butterbean's championship was more special or better than anybody else's, it was probably the fact that I'll guarantee you he's the only guy that's ever won a dirt late model championship and an asphalt late model championship in the same season. Bill Mullis, owner of Langley Speedway, connecting with us here on the phone lines on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, Bill, I've, I, I believe some congratulations are, are in order also. I heard you've been named the final appeals officer of uh, for NASCAR for 2023. Yes, I have, and uh, kind of is big news even to me. <laughs> People have you know been asked about it a few times lately. I think it was announced uh, March the first, and uh, I, I've been kind of in shock, you know, thinking, "Wow, how, how did it really happen to me?" Uh, it's not like I'm not familiar with what goes on. I've been a panel member, so I've been one of the judges down there hearing appeals for over ten years now. And I've been very involved for a long time, so I understand the system. But in 75 years of NASCAR, there hasn't been anybody, I don't think, that's been a panel member promoted to be in the, the, the top appellate officer. So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, 
it's obviously it's an honor to me. A lot of people don't realize what goes on behind the scenes in mm-hmm. racing at that level and how complex it is. But, uh, you know, a lot of times these teams will get these huge fines and penalties you hear about. But unless you follow racing behind the scenes, a lot of the public doesn't hear that they appeal them uh, and that, that there's a very formal process for hearing appeals where there's neutral people that, that set in. And really, you know, NASCAR has to plead the case and the team has to plead the case. And, uh, and those appeals are decided down in Concord, North Carolina, at the Research and Development Center. And in, in that building, there's actually a room that's what I call the racing courtroom for NASCAR, that, that people come and they appeal these fines and penalties. And uh, the arguments down there are fairly extensive. You know, one, one, of these, one of these deals can last five or six hours easily with, uh, with NASCAR's presentation and the team's presentation. So it's uh it's pretty exciting for me. Uh I've been involved in it for a while and I understand the system and what goes on, but I never imagined in a million years that I would be appointed as the FAO. Just just complete completely in shock. So 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 you called in here, right? That uh, should we save the number for when there's a high leverage situation and we want we want our voice heard to just go straight to the the final appeals officer? Yeah, you can do that. All right, cool. But, Perfect. Uh, in that case, yeah. uh, I'm a big Chase Elliott guy. Uh, I, I was uh, at Watkins Glen when he got his first career win. It was it was a good time. Kind of ever since then, he, I've been in his corner. Uh, what do I have to do to get him his waiver to prever- pre- uh, preserve his championship eligibility after the uh, the snowboarding incident? <laughs> I can't answer that. All right, I can't answer that. I've been I've been seeing that. I don't know much about the waivers, and uh, I don't know what what would happen. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been studying that that close. I know we got hurt. I guess William Byron's in the car, mm-hmm. it looks like. And uh, and I, I haven't been looking at it. I've, I've been real busy on a few projects of mine. And, of course, I have this, this appointment I've got. I've been doing some reading and studying. Of course. And uh, in the past, past week or so. So I haven't been too much on top of that. But uh, I'm hoping he gets healed and gets back in the car pretty quick. That, uh, yeah, I, I think that's what, that's what we're all rooting for. And I, I would think there would be a waiver, and I guess what you're asking is, will they give him a waiver so whoever rides in the car that the points are accumulated towards a championship for that car? And I, I really think we need to look in the rule book, which is quite fairly extensive, mm-hmm. and uh, and see what kind of language is in there for a provision like this. I, I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to have to research that one and call you back. All right. All right. There we go. Uh, like I said, like now that we have the number, you're, you're, you know, when, when, when things pop up, you, who knows what you'll hear. Uh, but, but also completely understanding that you're a little busy because Langley's about to pick up and, and uh, I know you, you care. Everything you have going on at NASCAR is great, but I know uh, you care a lot about what, what's going on at Langley as well. So we appreciate you taking time out of your, your very busy schedule to join us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you out there at the Speedway this year. Absolutely. And uh, I do want to mention, you know, I am, I am still president of Hampton Roads Kart Club, and mm-hmm. we've got lots of young children racing out there in go-karts on mm-hmm. Sundays. And we've been, uh, we've been racing karts out there for 50 years. So that's, a, that's kind of what I say is one of the best-kept secrets in Hampton Roads is that, you know, young, young children can get involved in racing at Langley Speedway through Hampton Roads Kart Club and 
come out there and there's plenty of help to get kids in carts and teach them about racing and, and help the parents. So, uh, yeah, Langley's, uh, Langley's ready to, to go hot for the year and that's exciting. I just came back from Daytona and was down there for speed weeks and saw a lot of racing. So I come back from speed weeks and we wait about another month or so here and then we go racing, but, uh, it's exciting. I, I'm, I think we're going to have a really good year. I just got a feeling that racing at Langley's going to be phenomenal this year. And, and uh, the day of destruction. I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by that thing coming up on the 18th. Bill, thank you a bunch for joining us. We'll uh, we'll check back in again soon. Yes, sir. Absolutely, and pleasure being with you guys. And uh, we'll we'll get together anytime. Come on out to day of destruction, Tim, and <laughs> hang out. You'll like it.